This is Lita Glyptis with Fintech Insider at Newcastle University. This week, Fintech Insider goes north. We are here at the Urban Sciences building of Newcastle University, speaking to a bunch of people from the university, Atom Bank, and the one and only Will I Am about AI, trust, and financial inclusion. In fact, one of our founders challenged himself to have you on the show quite a while ago, so there is a big party at the office today, very excited. Uh, we're all fans, I won and I'm here with oh, you. Congratulations. Exactly. Uh, so very, very happy. The first question is an obvious one, but um, I think for, for our listeners, it's important to hear your story. Of all the millions of things that approach you to become involved in your work as an investor, as an entrepreneur, what was it about a bank in the north of England that caught your eye? Their view. It was a, a pitch from Mr. At, which is, I call him Mr. At. It's uh, Anthony Thompson. He says... Uh, we want to change what the word bank means to people mm -hmm. so much that we're even considering not even calling it a bank. And that, to me, was like, wow. And we're going to do that even in its principle. When you think of a bank, you think of a branch. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to have a branch. Your bank is in your phone, in your pocket, in your hand. I was like, wow. And so I started asking all these questions. Then he says, um, and you unlock it with your face. And this was way before the iPhone had facial recognition. This time, 2013, is when I met Mr. Ad. And Adam Bank was nowhere near being launched yet. He just came to me and said, hey, we're going to do this. And when we do this, we want you to be involved. Like, so as an investor, mm -hmm. you invest in people. Because if, if you invest in the idea and the idea is hard to execute and something happens and then the person that had the idea is weak in the knees and the idea is never going to see the light of day. If you invest in a person and that person has the tenacity and the wherewithal to be able to like overcome adversaries or you know maneuver through obstacles, Mr. Ad's one of those guys. Um, and Adam Bank is like his baby. And uh, it's an amazing vision. I like what it means for people in the community. When your involvement was first announced, you gave some very powerful interviews about your own relationship with money and your own journey towards financial literacy and the work you do to, to help others along that journey. That resonated for me both personally, but I think it resonated with a lot of the audience here in the UK. What does your involvement entail as a strategic advisor? Honesty, mm -hmm. um, transparency, candidness. And then every time I leave our sessions to go out in the world and hunt and find new perspectives to bring back to our meetings and our sessions to advise. That's a fantastic advisor. Everyone wants one of those. But this is one of a portfolio of companies and you have spent time on and invested in artificial intelligence as well. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about your vision of how artificial intelligence is going to change the world? There's, there's two ways of looking at it. You can look at it from like the, the dystopian future perspective. Um, and there's a lot of that in, in film. And there's a lot of that in journalism. And then from the builder perspective, it's optimistic AI. Then you have the other side where there's no governance. And because there's no governance, maybe number one will happen. But faith in humanity and government, that won't happen because governance will come into play. If you're building AI, the only governance is your conscious. 
So we are building AI for humanity. We're building AI to you know, turn the workforce into a super workforce, not AI to replace jobs. We are building AI to empower people with their own data. And can I pick on something you said in your very interesting um, talk earlier about how people are very protective of their identity, but give their data away like it doesn't matter. And that's a tension that you brought to life very, very interestingly earlier. Talk to us about your concept of how identity and data are actually marrying in the future. Your data is really who you are. So my name is William Adams. That's what I was born as. Professionally, in popular culture, you know me as Will I Am. I'm 43 years old. My birthday is March 15th. My driver's license is XYZ. My passport is LMNOP. Those numbers and letters, that's not me. Who I really am is who I know, where I've been, where I went, the words I use when I spell, what I like, what I don't like, the apps I have, you know, how much I use my phone, my search results, my purchases. Collecting all that data will tell you down damn near to the day that I might not be here anymore. Right? That's how freaking advanced these algorithms are. That's how powerful data is. Data is so powerful that the companies that collect data are more powerful than the people that collect money. The people that store data have more money than the people that store everyone's money. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. So that's the first time ever that free is more powerful than something you pay for. But that's not forever. Because to do that, they had to take something away from people. And that is knowledge, people's whereabouts, their interests, their psychological makeup, their facial expressions, the emotions, the things that affect them when you look on your phone and there's a, damn, there's a camera there, uh-oh. Um, but how, do we, how we got here is just ignorance. How we got here was, you know, access. Um, and no one ever reading the contracts. But that's not forever. And, and in, the, in the near future, your identity and your data will be married. Right? And you have like multiple account instances where, you know, I go online and I see people name me. And their freaking handle is my face. And my cousin was like, Willie, I followed you on Instagram. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. What account was it? It's Will Willie Adams. Like, that's not me. <laughs> what are you talking about? I knew everything about you. Like, whoa, 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 what? Here is when it all is going to hit the fan. Someone's going to call you on the phone. And it's going to say, hey, yo, I was with you yesterday at that event. And you're going to say, what? I don't, I don't remember you. And, it, and it's going to recite to you everything you said to someone. And you're going to remember it. And then you're going to trust this person that called you on the phone to come to find out that that was an AI that hacked into your, your, your geolocation on your phone, hacked into your microphone and your camera, heard your conversations, and you thought you were talking to a person, but you weren't. That hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen soon because that's how far we've come with technology. And that's when the restrictions are going to be put and clamped on. Because right now you could have multiple accounts. No one is on the internet based on their who they truly are. Um, and that's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a bad thing because it's not safe. And the moment 
where you can't distinguish a person from a machine on a phone call, that's, that could be scary. And you're going to want to have these, these regulations put in place. For example, no matter how much money you have, you can't go out and buy a stealth bomber. Thankfully. It's faster, right? You can't, right? You can't be like, yo, I want to get to New York in an hour. I got $5 billion in the bank. I want to buy a stealth bomber. Bill Gates can't buy a stealth bomber just to fly around because there's regulations put in place, but not for AI. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And as we're, we're both coming to the end of our time, but also um, talking about the future a lot, talking about a highly challenging and changing environment, um, talk to us about your school. Mm. So in this future that I paint or see, the only folks that are going to be left behind are the folks that are not a part of the conversation now. And so I try my best to, you know, gather a whole bunch of inner city kids to think and dream down this path and educate themselves, discipline themselves with these skill sets of robotics, computer science, AI, machine learning at an early age of nine. And some of them do really well, surprisingly. And um, it's, it's hard to, to compete against popular culture because popular culture does a really, really good job numbing and dumbing down society. And that's a, that's a struggle that I fight with in my own, my old field versus my new field. And government doesn't do a good enough job to make sure that the kids are educated to the speed of the investment for AI. So I have my my philanthropy, my schools that I do, and then I have my company where I raise money. And it's easier to raise money for AI than it is to get donations to educate people. And I see that every year. Every year I'm like, wow, how much money did we raise this year for AI? What? How much money did people donate for the schools? Wow. Well, thank God somebody did. I see that firsthand. Um, and then the other side, I see the things that people sing about, make movies about, um, what they celebrate. We celebrate ignorance, we celebrate intoxication, we celebrate woman bashing. It's sad. And if that dystopian future comes to life, if AI was to, you know, all it has to do is just crawl today's internet. <laughs> so, and, and learn and, all the worst things. And that's a sad thing. Like we have this thing like, wow, it's the doom of humanity, but we do the stupidest shit on smart devices. And if AI was to learn humanity's behavior, well, all we have to do is change our behavior, invest better, and, uh, and take care of our own better. And there's no better defense against such a future than an educated population dreaming bigger. So um, yeah. the, the, the combination of the two is, is very inspiring. We could be here talking to you for hours, but sadly, that's all we have time for. It oh, has been you. a privilege and an honor to have you on our show. Where's your accent from? I'm Greek. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to find it. I couldn't, I couldn't find it. Like... it. No one has ever guessed right. I've heard everything from American to Irish to... But no, nobody gets it right. It's the mid-Atlantic bastard accent. I thought it was like a German accent. Spend too much time in in Sunderland. Oh my God! <laughs> no, it's a <laughs> not even Newcastle, like Sunderland. <laughs> it's an inner city Athens. Learned English watching American movies and then moved here yeah. when I was like 19, cool, yeah. and I I don't know what to sound like. 
Yeah. It's a parity thing as well. It depends who I talk to. Put me in front of the queen, I'll be like, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. It was a pleasure meeting you. Nice Thank meet you, you so much for your time. Thank you so much.